Welcome again to the Northboro Church of Christ YouTube channel. Uh, we are sure thankful for everyone who subscribed to the channel and pray that it's been a blessing to you to be able to listen to different ones and hear the Word of God being spoken truthfully and honestly. If you would, you can also make comments on any of the videos. And if you're listening on the podcast, we do thank you for listening in that way as well. And not only thankful that you're listening, but thankful that you're being able to hear the word of God spoken in truth. We find ourselves in Exodus chapter 3. And Moses is about to be called by God back into Egypt. Moses has fled Egypt because he's murdered an Egyptian slave master. And he's been in the wilderness for 40 years with Jethro and his wife Zipporah. And he's pasturing the flock. And he finds a peculiar sight, a bush that's burning but is not being consumed. And in this chapter, in this part of history... We see something, we see a description of God. You may hear it when an extraordinary event occurs, a great tragedy. When someone has tasted something that overwhelms their taste buds. Or during a casual conversation between friends. Maybe a joke that was really funny. You've probably heard it recently. What is it, you may ask, what is it that you have heard? You have heard it during a prayer, while singing praises during a sermon, and before communion. You have heard God's name used. Sometimes in reverence and praise and sometimes in vain. You may hear someone say, well, I didn't mean anything by it. And you say, oh, my God, or Jesus, in an irreverent, blasphemous way. You say, I didn't mean anything by it. That's the very reason why it's in vain. Your attitude or our attitude towards someone's name is our attitude towards them. What comes to mind, for instance, when you hear your spouse's name or your, your uh, significant other's name? What about your child, a parent? What comes to mind when you hear the word or the name Moses, the name Abraham, the name Jesus? We attach certain characteristics to the name, don't we? In Exodus Exodus chapter 3, God is sending Moses back to Egypt as a deliverer. But Moses has a few questions. One of them is in Exodus chapter 3 in verse 13. 13 through 15. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and they say to me, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said said to Moses, I am 
who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Moreover, God said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. When Moses asks what God's name is, I am who I am. I am self-existent. I am in no need of any other being. I am self-sufficient. The being who brings into uh, being other beings. I am who I am. I once saw a t-shirt that said, Jesus is my homeboy. I can't tell you how many times I've heard Jesus' name used in a vain, blasphemous way. An irreverent way. It makes me cringe. It should make you cringe too. And here we have God giving Moses his name. So what we want to do today is to watch our mouth. And not just watch our mouth, but to watch our lives. Because our attitude towards God's name should be reflected in how we speak and how we live. And so we want to consider some ways we may be bringing dishonor to the Lord's name. An example of giving honor to God is found in Psalm 8. Psalm 8 and verse 1. And that says this. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. Another one is Psalm 29 and verse 2. Psalm 29 and verse 2 says this. Give unto the Lord the glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Again in Psalm 34 and verse 3. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. And then finally, in Psalm 148, it says this about the Lord and his name. Psalm 148 and verse 3. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you stars of light. Praise him, you heavens of heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. And again in verse 13. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. You might recall in Acts um, chapter 4 and verse 12, that there's no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. So let us honor God's name by the way we speak and the way we live. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, Israel was told to make oaths in the name of the Lord. 
In Deuteronomy 6 and verse 13, talking about the importance, just how serious is the name of God. Why would God command Israel to make oaths? If they're going to make an oath, it's going to have to be made in His name. Why? In verse 13 of Deuteronomy 6, You shall fear the Lord your God and serve Him, and shall take oaths in His name. Over in Deuteronomy chapter 10, and starting in verse 20, 20 through 22, You shall fear the Lord your God, you shall serve Him, and to Him you shall hold fast and take oaths in His name. He is your praise, and He is your God, who has done for you these great and awesome things which your eyes have seen. Your fathers went down to Egypt with seventy persons, and now the Lord your God has made you as the stars of heaven in multitude. Why were they told to take oaths in God's name? Because they were people who were to be honest. I take an oath. uh, If I'm an Israelite and I take an oath in God's name, I had better keep it. Because God's name isn't a curse word. It's not a cliche on a t-shirt. It's holy. Reverence is due to His name. And so oath-taking was serious. The commandment is given in Exodus 20, in verse 7. Exodus 20 and verse 7. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. In other words, if you take an oath and you don't keep your word, you're taking God's name in vain. You're attaching God's name to something that you are not holding to. You're not keeping your word. What's the penalty? Uh, The penalty is found in Leviticus 24. Leviticus 24, 10 through 16. Now the son of an Israelite woman, whose father was an Egyptian, went out among the sons of Israel, and the Israelite woman's son and a man of Israel struggled with each other in the camp. Now the son of the Israelite woman blasphemed the name and cursed So they brought him to Moses. Now his mother's name was Shelemith, the daughter of Debri of the tribe of Dan. They put him in custody so that the command of the Lord might be made clear to them. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Bring the one who is cursed outside the camp, and let all who heard him lay their hands on his head, and then let all the congregation stone him. You shall speak to the sons of Israel, saying, If anyone curses his God, then he will bear his sin. Moreover, the one who blasphemes the name of the Lord shall surely be put to death. All the congregation shall certainly stone him, the alien as well as the native, when he blasphemes the name, shall be put to death. Brothers and sisters, it was a capital punishment ascribed to someone who took the Lord's name in vain. I would encourage us that we 
do not want to even come close to doing that. Moses, Moses has an excuse in Exodus 3. If you turn there back to Exodus chapter, um, excuse me, Exodus chapter 4, starting in verse 10. Then Moses said to the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. So the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? God is really doing away with any excuse that Moses can come up with here. And it's interesting to note that God says, I'm the one who's made the mouth. I'm the one who's made the eye. I'm the one who makes mute or blind. Moses, there's no excuse. Go. And Pharaoh, Moses goes, and when he gets to Pharaoh, Pharaoh says this in Exodus chapter 5. Moses goes before the elders and those who were of Israel and explains to them what God told him to explain to them. And they believe. And so he's got the backing of those folks. And now he's going to Pharaoh himself with Aaron. Afterward, Moses and Aaron, Exodus 5 and verse 1 starting, went in and told Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord, that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, nor will I let Israel go. You see, Pharaoh, he was prideful. Moses had excuses. Pharaoh had pride. Who's the Lord? And friends, isn't that what we see in our society today? Who's the Lord that I should obey His voice? And the irony of it is, is God is the one who's made Pharaoh's mouth. Just like He told Moses, I am the one who makes mute or makes the mouth, or I am the one who causes people to see and causes them to be blind, if you will. He says, I am the one who makes that. And yet Pharaoh is here using the mouth that God gave him to question him. But what about us? What are some ways that we dishonor God, blaspheme the name of the Lord, the great I am, the self-existing one who causes us to come into being? Maybe it's we don't allow our yes to be yes and our no, no. And Jesus commands us in Matthew chapter 5, 
starting in verse 33. He says this, Again you have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is His footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great King. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your yes be yes, and your no, no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. Brothers and sisters, we can honor our God, honor the great I Am, by speaking truth. Letting our yes be yes and our no, no. James basically reiterates the same thing in James chapter 5 and verse 12. He says this, But above all, my brethren, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or with any other oath, but your yes is to be yes and your no, no, so that you may not fall under judgment. Even if it hurts, brothers and sisters, if we said yes to something, as long as it is still in our power to do it, we need to do it. And if we've said no, let our yes be yes and our no, no. In Psalm 15 and verse 1, O Lord, who may abide in your tent? Who may dwell on your holy hill? He who walks with integrity and works righteousness and speaks truth in his heart. He does not slander with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor takes takes up a reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a reprobate is despised, but who honors those who fear the Lord. He swears to his own hurt and does not change. Walks with integrity. Walks in righteousness. Is careful with what they say yes to and what they say no to because they know that once they've made the commitment, they're going to stick to it. You know, we used to be able, all it would take sometimes in the past is a handshake. My handshake was as good as my word. Not anymore, hmm? We need a stack of papers this, this thick with a signature and an initial and a date on each one of them. But as Christians, we know that our word means something. Our words can bring honor or dishonor to the name of God. So let our yes be yes and our no, no. And as strange as this may sound, in the culture we live in, that's being different, isn't it? That's being in the world but not of it, letting our yes be yes and our no, no. What about in corporate worship? 
Are we taking the name of the Lord in vain, even in our corporate worship when we're gathered together? And and I want to address those of us who uh, are at home. I know it's a more casual setting, but we're still worshiping God, aren't we? And I want to encourage us all, uh, whether we're in person or or at home, that we're going to be accountable for that. And whether we're in a more casual setting or uh, here at the church building, we're still worshiping His name. And so we need to keep that in mind. Malachi addresses this in Malachi chapter 1. We're just going to start in verse 6. A son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am the father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my reverence, says the Lord of hosts? To you priests who despise my name, yet you say, in what way have we despised your name? This is how. You offer defiled food on my altar, but say, the table of the Lord is contemptible. And when you offer the blind as a sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it then to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Brothers and sisters, when we're gathered together for corporate worship... What are you bringing to offer to God? Do we have the mindset that we just arrive and we make no preparation to, before we come before the Lord's table, before we come and offer our hearts to Him in song and praise and prayer and the study of God's Word? Are we offering the blind and lame to God? And in so doing, taking his name in vain and using his name in vain by offering vain worship? Brothers and sisters, just because we offer it doesn't mean he has to accept it. How casual have you become in your worship to God corporately? How sincere are you in singing His praise? Are you meaning what you sing? Worshiping in spirit and truth? Brothers and sisters, how dare we dishonor the name of God in that way? And there's another way that we can bring dishonor to Him. And I'd just like to bring up a couple of names that have come up recently in the news. Ravi Zacharias and Carl Lentz have done untold damage. In the name of Christ. It reminds me of what Jesus says to us when he says, 
There were some who would come to him and say, Lord, Lord, did we not do this? And did we not cast out demons and not perform miracles in your name? And he said, depart from me, for I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. See, it's one thing to be a certain way in front of the camera and in front of the crowds and in front of our friends. It's another thing to be a God-honoring person all the time. And these men, they've done harm to the church. They've done harm to the unbelieving population. Because when the unbelieving population looks at these men who have been regarded with such high esteem, they bring dishonor to the name of God in those people's eyes. Not mine, because God is God. But when the outside world looks at the church and sees these things happening, brothers and sisters, it brings an opportunity for them to blaspheme the name of God. Isn't that what happened to David? David in in 2 Samuel chapter 12. David sins against God and against Jeriah. Because he's intimate with Bathsheba, another man's wife. And Nathan comes to him and convicts him of his sin by using the parable of the ewe lambs. And Nathan points the finger and says, you're the man, David. And David repents. And starting in verse 7, then Nathan said to David, you are the man. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your keeping and gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if that had been too little, I also would have given you much more. Why have you despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? You have killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword. You have taken his wife to be your wife and have killed him with the sword of the people of Ammon. Now, therefore, the sword shall never depart from your house because you have despised me and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Thus says the Lord, behold, I will raise up an adversary against you from your own house and I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbor and he shall lie with your wives in the sight of this son. For you did it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel, before the sun. So David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, the Lord has put away your sin. You shall not die. However, because by this deed you have given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. The child also who is born to you shall surely die. David, the king of Israel, a representative, a person who is uh, esteemed in the sight of man, does this evil deed. And it gives, what does it say? It gives the nations or the enemies of the Lord an occasion to blaspheme. Brothers and sisters, may we watch our mouths and watch our lives. 
And it doesn't mean that if we sin against God in some way and the world sees it, that we can't repent and change. But we should even more so than we have been be aware of our actions. Because the great I am's name is to be revered. And if people in the world are going to blaspheme the name of God, it is not going to be on my account. May we be mindful of the name God gave Moses when he asked, Whom shall I say sent me? And the Lord replied, I am who I am. And brothers and sisters, may we be reminded of who has sent us out into the world. The great I am. And Jesus says in John chapter 8 when they're questioning him. And Jesus says, um, before Abraham was born, I am. When he was before the uh, Sanhedrin at his uh, trial, the high priest said, I adjure you by the living God. He was asking Jesus uh, to make a statement of truth or falsehood. And he included the Lord's name. He says, I adjure you by the living God. Who are you? And Jesus, knowing what an oath meant, knowing what, what, and what connecting the name of the Lord to a statement meant, said, yes, I am he. I am the Son of God, and you shall see me riding on the clouds of heaven. So Jesus isn't your homeboy. Jesus is God. The great I am. And may we never even come close to dishonoring the great I am. With our words, with our actions. God bless you. I pray that you're encouraged to think about and consider these things. And we'd love to see you in the Northport Church of Christ, whether online or in person, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. You can go to the website at northboroughcoc.org and get all the information you need to get connected. Take care.